Save big money and transform your home with new appliances now at Menards. We offer the lowest prices and the largest in-stock appliance selection ready to take home today. Check out top appliance brands, including KitchenAid, Maytag, Whirlpool, Amana, and Criterion. Upgrade your home and save big money on new appliances at Menards. Shop our entire selection of appliance options online today at Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. You're listening to the Prescription for Purpose podcast, the go-to space for everyday women to go from surviving to thriving by pursuing a purpose that's truly rooted in faith. And now, we're also becoming the premier space for Christian coaches and therapists to finally learn how to integrate faith into their practice without being churchy or limiting their audience. Each week, we'll merge biblical wisdom with practical everyday application so that you can be empowered to excel in every facet of your life and business. Are you ready? Let's get started. Hey girl, hey, and welcome to this week's episode of the Prescription for Purpose podcast. Today, you have to have your pen and paper. Today, you have to be on your Zoom because I am officially going to be sharing with you the key to your life success, which is your spiritual health, okay? I'm so excited about this because God really revealed this to me during the off season. I've been doing a ton of research, a ton of study, and I really wanted to have an opportunity to come here and share with you what you need to know, okay? The girls need to know, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. I have tons of notes, and this is way deeper than even what I'm going to be able to share here on this platform, and it's a lot of the work that I have been doing and will continue to do with um, individuals as well as with mental health therapists and coaches so they can learn how to help people learn how to prosper in terms of their spiritual health. It is the key to our total life success. Now, here's a couple ground rules. Off the rip, here's a couple ground rules. One, when I say spiritual health, please know I mean the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I mean Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I mean Yeshua. I mean Jehovah Jireh, my provider. I mean big capital G, God. Don't come for me. Don't come for me. Don't come for me. When I say spiritual health, please know we not doing no new agey, ain't no stones, ain't no rocks, ain't none of that. Period. I'm speaking about... <laughs> The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I love Jesus Christ. That's who I serve. He is my Lord and my Master. Now clip that and cut it, okay? Now, <laughs> because we have to be very clear, I think that the there's a lot of stuff that gets quote-unquote spiritualized, and it is not truth. This is the truth. The rest of that is some foolishness and you have to use your discernment and make sure that you're guarding your heart and your mind and doing things that we're told to do in the word. Now, I love this because I even have like evidence-based scientific facts to back it up. Why is that? Because science is simply just the study of God's work. That's why, because science is simply just the study of God's work. I love science because I get to just sit and look at God's handiwork all day. Like, God, you really did this. Hmm. 
You so creative. You so smart that you would have our lungs compensate for our kidneys when they get the cutting up. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 intricate. Anyway, I want to start off by giving you first our definition here of spiritual health. So spiritual health is the harmonious integration of body, spirit, and soul rooted in Christ-centered relationship, heavy on the Christ-centered, okay, that empowers individuals to exercise wisdom and discernment, experience emotional well-being, and fulfill their God-given purpose. So when I say spiritual health, it is your body, your mind, and your spirit all working together, rooted in, anchored in Christ. And then, and only then, are you able to do things like exercise wisdom and discernment, experience emotional well-being, being whole, fulfilling your purpose. So that is our definition here of spiritual health. It has three major components. And in the spiritual wellness blueprint, when I teach this course to individuals and to um, healthcare providers, there are three key components to spiritual health. First is covenant. You have to be in covenant with God. And a lot of us don't know what covenant is and we don't understand covenant in its totality, but don't worry, boo, I got you this season, okay? Next is consecration. There is this part of our journey with God and this area of our life, especially in our spiritual health, where we have to make sure that we are, one, allowing God to prune us to renew us, to transform us. We're either going to be new creatures in Christ or we ain't, okay? And then there's commission. And that's when you get to go out and do what God has called you to do. The issue is that oftentimes what we do is we come into covenant and we want to skip all of the parts, all the steps and get straight to commission. And God does not operate like that. There is a renewing that has to take place. There is an assessment, some diagnosis, some planning, some implementation, some evaluating that has to happen before we can really go out and do everything that God has called us to do. And these, these pillars are really things that are cyclical because you can be working in an area of like building covenant in this way with God while also being in a place where you are growing in community, which is part of consecrating yourself, is making sure that you're set apart, but you are not alone and isolated. Okay, because we need community. The first thing God said wasn't okay was Adam being by himself. Now, as a wife, I want to know what the man was doing. I want to like, what were you doing to where God said, uh-uh, this ain't good <laughs> as a wife. Okay. But I digress. Now, then once we go from covenant consecration commission, we do this over and over again. We are constantly refining, right? You're constantly making sure that you are maintaining your health. But a lot of times what the issue is, is that in one of these three pillars, you're in an area like kind of sitting there and you haven't been able to identify it. So you don't know where to go next. That's where I come in. Okay. I am helping women and have helped several women who I've shown what I call our spiritual health or spiritual wellness blueprint. And we've been able to identify very easily their needs. How do we do it? Girl, it looked just like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. If you are not familiar with Maslow's hierarchy of needs, it is a principle or philosophy that we're taught 
in school, it is a pyramid. And at the bottom of that pyramid are all your physiological needs. So water, food, all of that. There's several levels in between, but the top is what we, is what's called self-actualization. Essentially where you feel good about yourself and you have some confidence. In healthcare, we utilize Maslow's to like make it make sense. I'm not going to talk to a homeless person about them um, needing to have a better wardrobe when they're hungry. We have to meet those physiological needs first. So using Maslow's in healthcare, particularly for me and my use case as a healthcare provider, I've been able to say, okay, there's no way that we're going to be able to start shifting um, the way that you care about getting your medication when you don't have lights at home. So we have to meet those physiological or those basic needs first. And then as you continue to move up the pyramid or up the hierarchy, you are able to really work towards this self-confidence, self-actualization. The same thing in our spiritual health. You have to be in covenant. You have to go through consecration and you have to then be able to go out and do what God has called you to do, which is commission. Okay? So we have to really be able to clearly identify where we're going and how we're going to get there. We get so frustrated because we try to skip steps and we're not sensitive to our own needs and what God may be calling us to do. And so my prayer is that by giving y'all this wisdom, you can start really um, having some great candid conversation with the Lord about what to do next. God, do I need to work on my relationship with you, covenant? Do I need to work on consecrating myself to look more like you? And that's our consecration piece. Or God, am I just not going out and doing what you called me to do yet? Commission. And it's, again, something that is ongoing. It's cyclical. You can be working on more than one area at the same time. These are not hard, fast rules. And, oh, you're not going to get this unless you get that. But let me tell you something. Ain't no way you operating in purpose and your relationship with God ain't where it's supposed to be. If you're not in covenant, how you how you being committed or commissioned to go out and do things? And to be commissioned simply means to have a purpose, to be given a directive to go out and do something. So in Matthew 28, we have the Great Commission. And I've talked about this a lot, about how our purpose is all the same for all of us. And I don't know why we think different. <laughs> our purpose, our commission, the great commission is to go out and make disciples in the name of Christ, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and then teaching people how to follow those commands. And then where we get to have this level of individuality is where we say, God, how do I use the gifts, the talents, the skill, the education, the knowledge, my experiences, all of these things that you've given to me uniquely to fulfill this commission? And that's why our purposes look different, but the overall purpose is the same for everybody, okay? But you cannot go out and serve your purpose, which is to bring people into the knowledge of God, to help to baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit without first being in covenant relationship with God for yourself. And a lot of us are familiar with God, but we may not necessarily be family with God. Okay, like you might, you might know him, but you don't know him. And that is where a lot of us get frustrated and a lot of us get burnt out, especially new believers who are super zealous is because we have not been taught how to steward our souls. Why is that important? 
Let's look at third John one and two. When I say spiritual health, I could talk about it all day, all night, but I ain't today, but I'm gonna give y'all what y'all need. Okay. Third John one and two. This is how I know that spiritual health is the key, the sauce, and everything God called it to be. The scripture says, beloved, I pray in all respects that you may prosper and be in good health just as your soul prospers. Just as your soul prospers. We're going to do some etymology. So etymology just means definition. In this scripture, this word soul in the Greek is the word psyche. Yeah. Yeah, like the root word of psychology. Okay, it means to breathe or to blow. And our soul is our unique identity or our unique personhood, our individuality. And the soul describes the aftermath of God blowing his gift of life into a person as an insouled being. So our souls are not um, just simply a part or an individual thing. It's who we are. I am a soul. That's why the Bible says, what good is it that you gain the world and lose your soul? Like our souls are who we are. Come on. And so what we have to learn is how to steward over our souls. That's what spiritual health and spiritual wellness is about. Jesus already came and defeated little Lucy. And this is why I have a severe frustration with the demonology culture that we have in Christianity. And this is why I will continue to say, and I'll stand 10 toes down, that you don't have to know all of these demons. What you need to know is doctrine. And a lot of us know more about demons than we do about doctrine. And the word is our sword. And I'm going to leave it at that. Okay? You have a responsibility for you to learn how to steward well over your soul. And a lot of us are focusing on only components of our soul, only components of our spiritual health. And then we're getting frustrated because we see a glimpse of change, a glimpse of transformation, but it's still not giving what it's supposed to. It's still not giving what it's supposed to. And I want us to understand that our success, our total life success is dependent on you learning how to be a good steward over your soul. Jesus already defeated the devil. Your job isn't to defeat the devil. Your job is to resist him. That's James 4 and 7. Our job is to resist him. Jesus already did that part. Came, died, rose on the third day, defeating the enemy. And so we have to stop confusing our position here. Our position is to resist the enemy and he'll flee. Our position in our soul care and stewarding well over our souls is to like crucify our flesh. We don't like that part. You want to fight all the demons, but baby, your flesh. That's, that's why we have Holy Spirit who dwells on the inside of us because it is Holy Spirit who helps us quench and, and, um, and crucify our flesh. We don't want to quench him, but he helps us crucify our flesh because that's the part that we are in charge of. <laughs> that is part of our spiritual wellness. That is a part of our soul stewardship. Come on, somebody. If you want to prosper, and to prosper doesn't mean you're going to get money. Let's, let's, let's put a pin in that. To prosper does not mean that you're going to get money. I mean, you might, 
If that's within God's will for your life, then good girl, God bless you. Amen. But prosper in this scripture, it means a journey on a particular road to go on a prosperous journey and to be um, on the right profitable path leading to real success, good fortune, where someone truly prospers or is prospered. This has nothing to do with money. Understand that there's no greater prosperity than than for you to be in alignment with the plan that God has for your life. Because then we are guaranteed success. We are guaranteed everything that we need. The Bible says to study the book of instruction, meditate on it, do everything in it, and only then will your plan succeed. God orders our steps. There's all these scriptures that talk about uh, the importance of us being in alignment with God. So when we talk about prospering or total life success, that is what I mean. Don't be out here listening to these people talking about you going to get a million dollars, girl. I don't know if that's in God's plan for your life. It may not be, especially if you don't have the spiritual maturity to handle it, especially if the money is going to draw you away from him and you're going to think that you're little G God and that you're going to start serving money, that he's not going to do that. He's a good father. He's not going to give you something that's going to destroy you. What he will do is prune you, mature you, grow you, consecrate you. And if he then sees it fit and that's a part of his plan for your life, girl, then you can have it. That's how that works. Then you can have it. And that's how that works. But we have to understand what it means to prosper. It does not mean money, friend. It means that you are on the road that God has for your life. That plan in Jeremiah 29, 11 that we love to talk about, that, that you're on that track. That's what prosperity is. And the only way that you can do that, and the, you only do that to the degree to which your soul is prospering. So if you're not stewarding over your soul, if you are not spiritually well, then your life is going to reflect that in your circumstances. And even this term good health, it means hygiene. It comes from the Greek word hygienio, which means hygiene. So good health, it means in working order, in sound condition. Functioning holistically with all parts working together. I need you to understand this really well. And I know I shared um, the lesson that I taught, do you want to be well on the podcast in the off season. Wellness does not mean that you are void of condition. To live well, total life success does not mean that you are void of condition. Okay. Trial and tribulation is a part of the package, baby. Like it's, you can't have the blessings and not get the rest. I think it's Job 2 and 10. Like, shall we only take the good things from God and not the bad? Okay, let's, let's get some maturity this year. Let's get everything that happens that's, that's bad isn't the devil. All right, like it's not always the Lucy. It's just not, we give him way too much credit. He has a level of power, but everything that he does has to go through God. And greater is he who is in us than he who is within the world. So we're either gonna decide that or we're not. We're either gonna live, we're live, gonna live that way or we're not. I need us to know more doctrine than we do demons. That's all I'm saying. Okay. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, 
ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Now, let's get back to our second scripture. I want you to look at Mark 12, 30 through 31. And this is where Jesus is giving us the greatest commandment. You must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, and all of your strength. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandments are greater than these. I want you to understand that in Mark 12 and 30, again, we see the word soul. This is like your psyche. With everything that I am, I have to love the Lord. And then all of your strength, and I, I love this because God is so good, okay? When we talk about strength, it is the definition. Don't mean that you should go out and do all the things and you the strong friend. It literally means a force that overcomes immediate resistance. We are going to face resistance, and all resistance isn't the enemy. But our, our stewardship over our soul, our spiritual health, our total life success, requires that we learn how to resist the enemy, that we use our strength to be steadfast, that we know how to go to our strong tower, that we know how to seek refuge. We have to know how to overcome the necessary challenges. So when it says to love God with all of your strength, that means that I'm holding on to God no matter what. I'm holding on to his unchanging hand. And I think it's so important that we understand these terms. This is why studying your word is so important because when when the Bible says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, that means that I can I can continue to resist because I'm given strength that is God-given, God-ordained. This is where the authority of the Holy Spirit comes in. We want to cast out demons, but we don't want to deal with our flesh. Please. That authority is not just for us to cast out demons. First, we need to we need to deal with that little demonic flesh we got going on. Yeah. And it's a part of our soul. I want to give y'all some some science to back this up for my for my girls, for the girlies. A study led um, over in Harvard. It went about 22 years, so from January 2000 to April 2022, found that spiritual community participation, such as religious service attendance, um, is associated with healthier lives, longer, uh, greater longevity, less depression and suicide, and reduced substance use. For many uh, patients, spiritually important, spirituality importantly influenced their key outcomes to illness. I'm doing a little dance because period, because period, I have seen with my own eyes working in the neonatal intensive care unit, babies come back to life after we've already called the time of death. So please, I've seen babies resurrected with my own eyeballs because sometimes it's above us. (laughs) Of course, these patients have all of these better outcomes when they are connected with their spiritual health. And for us, we mean biblical principles. 
we mean the Lord. Um, a review in Advances in Mind-Body Medicine, it suggests that spiritual well-being is a crucial determinant of overall health, longevity, quality of life, especially in patients with severe illness. The review acknowledges that most physicians recognize the importance of spiritual well-being in their patients' health and spiritual needs and well-being of patients are often overlooked and rarely addressed. And that's why I'm here. Because I'm coming for it. Oh, we're done doing that. There, it says this re represents a significant gap in care, primarily due to a lack of training or comfort assessing and addressing patients' spiritual needs, along with a lack of research on the safety and efficacy of spiritual intervention. Baby, prayer is the safest thing you can ever do, so we ain't got to worry about safety and efficacy. It's effective. How do I know? Because my word says that the fervent, effectual prayers of the righteous availeth much. That's why. There's safety in a multitude of counsel. That's why. So we ain't got to do no research study, baby, to understand that the, there is safety and efficacy in prayer and seeking God. Period. Period. I love this so much. <laughs> your spiritual health has to be your top priority. Why? Because this is why a lot of us get frustrated when we go to therapy, when we... Um, try to seek and do things that are good, but may not be God. Jesus and therapy. However, again, there is a gap in how do I incorporate Jesus in therapy? How do I utilize these strategies that are correct, that are evidence-based, and make it submit to the evidence of the word? You can do both. I'm going to show you. Okay, that's what we're here for here at Prescription for Purpose. Like that's, this is what I'm all about. I don't know if y'all can tell, but I am fired up. <laughs> I am fired up because this is why you can do therapy, have a little bit of success, but then you're kind of like, eh, still, you're still dealing with some things. Because without us really addressing the spiritual health need, first assessing, then addressing the spiritual health need, we're doing you a disservice. So we're dealing with just the mind, but it's a heart issue, a spiritual heart issue. And in order for us to have total life success, we have to learn how God cares for us holistically. We have to learn that God's word is the prescription for every issue that we have. God's word has to be the center because if not, we are doing ourselves a disservice. If not, you will find yourself continuing to be in these cycles and you have to be bold enough to go to God and say, look, something is off. This is your charge. You want to prosper. You want total life success. You need to make sure that you are rooted in your covenant relationship with God, that you are consecrated, and that when God calls you to do so, you go and do what you were commissioned to do. Your spiritual health matters, not just biblically, but Harvard studies. And there's a bunch of other evidence-based practice studies, y'all. I will link um, the ones that I have in the show notes if you are interested in the research, but it's there. It's there and it's been there the whole time. 
Now, before I go, I want to give you some key components of your soul. So when we talk about stewarding well over your soul, these are the areas, and I'm going to give you six. There's more. As I continue to study, like I have a whole diagram of a man, like the anatomical diagram where I have scripture linked to it in my prayer closet because I am just continuing to learn more about how good our God is, how intricate he is, and how important our spiritual health is in the life of us as believers. But here are these six key components that I want you to start with. The first is your flesh. Yeah, because in this flesh dwells no good thing. This is why we have Holy Spirit. He is here to help us steward over our flesh. That means you have to crucify some things. It has to die. We cannot quench Holy Spirit because we need him or we're going to be out here running amok. If you need help with this, go over to Galatians 5. Study verses 19 all the way to 23. Start looking at the works of the flesh. Greed, idolatry, quarrels, gossiping. And just ask God to show you like, okay, where we need to start. Where do we need to start so I can grow in you? Because there's underlying heart conditions that matter there. So the first component that you need to know is your flesh. You have to deal with your flesh. And Holy Spirit is the authority and the power that you need so you can do that. That means you have to submit and surrender to his power. That means you're going to have to do some stuff that you don't like. You're going to have to do some stuff that's a little radical. But your health depends on it. The success of your life depends on it. Generational curses being broken depends on it. The second part is your heart. Okay, your hort. You got to have hort cuz. <laughs> I could talk all day about the fact that essentially at salvation, we get a heart transplant. Go look at what's required of heart transplant patients. And I talked about this in my lesson that I shared on the podcast in the off season. You have to change the way that you eat, the way that you behave, the way that you live your life, who you hang around. Because if you go back to the lifestyle, if you refuse to take your medicine, like the scriptures, take your prescription, if you refuse to do that, then you run the risk of your body rejecting the organ. You run the risk of your body rejecting the organ. Similarly, our hearts at default are wicked. We all have this congenital heart defect. And when we come into and into covenant with God, when we get um, and receive salvation, we get a new heart. We get a transplant. But we now have to steward over that heart or it will get hardened. Or our flesh will cause our bodies to reject the organ. Okay, I, I need you to, I need you to see, y'all see how good God is, like period. Okay, your mind, these are all your thoughts, your intellect, your understanding. When you even look at like your heart, that's all your emotions, your desires. This is where your intention originates. And so you have to be mindful of this because if not, you're going to be lost in the sauce. The reason a lot of us struggle is because we deal with the things that our minds are challenged with. We deal with the uh, with the, the thinking patterns and we are able to identify the trauma, but we don't deal with the heart issue underneath. 
And that is a part of this gap. So your heart is your emotions, desires, intentions. Your mind is you being able to understand your intellect, your thought, right? It's your capacity to really contemplate and understand the word of God, to understand his truth. Your eyes, these are the windows to your soul, right? We are to guard our hearts. Well, how do you guard your heart? Well, your eyes, for one, what are you watching? What are you consuming? Because we are what we eat. Our hearts are reflective of what we eat. Likewise, our spiritual hearts are reflective of what we eat. If all you eat is TikTok and it's quick and it's hot and it's fast, even though it may taste like food because you get 30 seconds of a good word here and there, baby, it's giving McDonald's and eventually you're going to get sick. It's not enough nutrition to sustain you. This is why you have to be careful with where you go to church. Who is cooking? Because we care more about macaroni and cheese at Thanksgiving than we do the word that we sit under. And it shows. It's reflective in our hearts. So with your eyes, what are you consuming? What are you consuming? Our eyes give us the ability for discernment. That's why the Bible says that um, it prays that we have the scales removed from our eyes because if you cannot see, you cannot discern and you're going to get devoured. Your ears are a part of your soul. And this is your ability to hear and receive God's word. Who is in your ear? That matters. Are you testing? Are you reading the label? (laughs) Okay, on on the ingredients of the word that you're eating every Sunday. Are you going back and testing every uh, spirit by the spirit of God? We've become lazy and it shows. Some of us have experienced church hurt, not simply because um, these people are evil, but partially because we've become passive in our faith. You're supposed to test every spirit. You're supposed to search the scriptures to make sure that what the person is saying lines up. I don't care how popular they are. Go to Acts 17 and look at the church in Berea. They was like, oh, Paul, big Paul used to be Saul. We so happy you here. Um, Let me go check the cross-reference what you're saying against the word of God. That is how we should behave, but we don't. So now we out here swag surfing in God's church. Talking about souls getting saved. Baby, where? (laughs) Where? How? Are you sure? Are you discerning the spirit by the spirit of God? Or do we just want our ears tickled? That's scripture too. People are going to reject the truth. One thing that I've had to get over is Not understanding that this is the truth, but understanding too that there's going to be backlash that happens and baby, fight your mama. I don't care. I'm saying what God says because it's the truth. I'm standing 10 toes down because it's the truth. God got me, but this is the truth. The truth is 
a lot of us would rather deal with all of these other things. You want to swag surf in church. You want to know all these demons, but your flesh needs to be crucified and you should be searching the scriptures. We don't like accountability. The real authority is the fact that we have accountability for what we do here. When you look God face to face in the eye and you have to give account for what you did, he's not going to want to hear about, well, the pastor had said, he's going to say, what did I tell you to do? I told you to test every spirit. I told you to meditate on my word. And we have to take this level of responsibility seriously. Hmm. So what you listening to? That's why you can listen to Nuck If You Buck and then be ready to fight. For real. That's why you can watch a show and now you got an attitude with your man. That man didn't even do nothing yet. And I say yet because I got one. <laughs> he ain't gonna do something, but since he ain't did nothing yet, and he didn't do that. So your heart, your mind, your flesh, your eyes, your ears, and then your mouth. Baby, <laughs> we could talk all day about this. Our mouth, our tongue, life and death are in it. And we do not discuss that enough. Not even simply by what comes out of it, but even physically what we put in our mouth, in our bodies. That's also part of your spiritual health. God cares about our physical body. It's a vessel. But a lot of us struggle with committing to do things for God and live this life for him because it's a testament of our connection to our spiritual health and understanding like, no, if I really want to see success, if I really want to thrive on this on this earth, before we get to the new heaven, new earth, before if I want to thrive here, I have to be willing to prioritize my spiritual health. Okay, that is all I got for y'all today. Okay, I'm over my own time limit, child. But I really need y'all to understand the importance of spiritual health. I need you to understand that when I say, hey girl, we have to keep it together. We have to make sure that we're not neglecting our, our soul care. And I don't mean you going out, sis, and getting your nails done. That's cute. But asking God to examine your heart, making sure that you are prospering um, simply because of the way that you're stewarding over your soul and you're not falling for some counterfeit level of prosperity because you want to avoid suffering. Yeah, we'll go to hell to avoid suffering. We sure will because we don't like to suffer. <laughs> We will go to hell to avoid suffering. That's why you still with that man who's putting you through hell because you don't want to deal with the suffering of being alone. So you're suffering with him. Mm. I'm going to put a pen in it right here. Girl, I pray that this episode blessed you the way that it blessed me. Okay. I love you. God bless you, sis. And I will talk to you later. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. 
With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.